For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 705, welcome to today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller of Fuller Landau. How's it going, Josh? Excellent, Dan. Happy Monday. Nice to see you as usual here. And uh, let's uh, begin with our entrepreneur profile for the evening. His name is Bram Maurer of the, uh, I guess, aptly titled Bram Maurer Bar Service. Bram, welcome back to CJ. Thank you very much. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, thanks. A now, topic in a business that I'm sure is close to our hearts uh, <laughs> yes, and livers. And very close to, to all of our livers. And uh, no samples, unfortunately, but nonetheless, uh, we'll talk about the business. And uh, and so you run a bar service. Yeah. Uh, tell me a bit more about, uh, about the way your business works. Basically, uh, we are a full uh, turnkey bar Bar service providing um, bar services for corporate events, uh, weddings, private parties, home parties, fundraisers, etc. So uh, we provide everything from alcohol, uh, staff, uh, sodas, and juices, and you name it. Anything that we can do to to uh, to bring something special to the event, we'll provide, including the bars itself, whatever mm. format they may come in. <laughs> right, exactly. We we work with a lot of the um, the uh, the rental companies in the city, and we rent bars from whoever we. Uh, deemed necessary for for that specific event. Uh, everyone brings something different to the table. So uh, depending on what the theme of the event is or uh, what we're doing, if we're trying to raise money, we'll have a bigger bar from different suppliers, etc. So now, how did how did you get into this business? Where <laughs> where did it start? It uh, I, I I actually started off as a dishwasher um, you know, at a restaurant called Mobilage in Hudson, um, and uh, my father actually comes from the restaurant industry as well. So I guess it was in my blood, and it was meant to be. Um, so yeah, I started off as a dishwasher and basically moved my way up through the kitchen. Uh, worked in all aspects, salads, desserts, uh, entrees, line cook, etc. Um, and then I wanted to kind of venture into the front of the house and see what that brought to the table. You know, uh, I feel like I, I interact very well with, with, uh, with people directly and I wanted to be involved on that mm -hmm. side of the restaurant. So did busboy and waiter and bartender and service manager and bar manager and general manager, etc., etc. till I got to the point where I was like, you know, what's next? What can we do? What can I, how can I change Mm -hmm. Montreal and the events that are going on, and Bramar Bar Services was born pretty much. Did it, did it come to a point where you said, "I'm tired of working for somebody else," and you know, I really, if if I'm going to do a great job, let me do it from my own pocket and my own heart, and not necessarily under somebody else. You know, to be honest, uh, I've always loved what I've done uh, as a job, and whether that was working for someone else or for myself, I didn't really see it as you know, oh, I get to work myself now and no one has to tell me what to do, etc. I was more like, I love what I'm doing. Uh, how can I excel in that specific field? And so you're starting this bar service that you always work for somebody else. It was always somebody else's headache to get the supply okay. and, and staff everything. And now you're getting into this, you know, really starting, again, you have the knowledge, but you're starting from scratch. Yeah. Where do you start? What's your first step? What's your first concern? Well, I mean, the, you know, it was it was I, because I, I I did a couple of events with some other companies before I started my bar service. I saw uh, what it took, and I saw the dedication that was needed to get the ball rolling. And of course, it was really just a question of that first big event, right? When are we going to get it? Uh, what's it going to be for, etc. And uh, it just so happens that the first first major event that we did was the Kids for Kids fundraiser, uh, which brings in about a thousand party goers. Uh, it was, uh, it's a fundraiser for the, the Sarah Cook Fund at the, mm -hmm. the Cedars Hospital. And, um, 
what an honor. You know, getting that call was really the, the, the best thing that happened to my company. It, uh, it brought us to a new level right off the bat. And we are introduced to, you know, thousands of people that could potentially book our services in the future. So, and at the same time, we're raising money for a great cause, you know. So it, was, it, it wasn't really a question of being afraid of starting. I think it just it was just getting that event. And once that event came to the table, it was go time. You're in a really fun business, planning yeah. parties, bar service. Uh, whenever sort of I, I see these entrepreneurs, I wonder, is it really as fun as I think it is? Or, or is it really just as difficult and stressful as any other business? I have to be honest and tell you that it's actually so much fun. <laughs> we, no, we, we I, I, again, I love, love, love what I do. Uh, I have a passion for it. I love creating memorable experiences. I love being around new people all the time. And through my bar services, either raising money for a fundraiser or, you know, a wedding. It's the, the most important part in someone's life you know being a part of that is is it's actually a privilege you know and we we take it very seriously the staff that we hire um you know we want to make sure everyone around us is having an absolutely amazing time and that's really the bottom line it's nice to hear because a lot of event planners tell me it's so much more difficult and gruesome than it looks but apparently it's, it could be a lot of fun too which is you know, nice to we, we don't really touch on the event planning so much we're hired by the event planners most of the time and we really respect our boundaries and we really respect that we're coming in to work for the bar and make sure that the bar is, is everything it can be and we don't really step on the event planners toes as much but I can understand where they're coming from because it is tough you know planning a wedding or a corporate event it's, it's a lot of work uh, but we focus on what we're good at and what we're hired for. So, so this first event, I mean, you're just starting out. I mean, now you have to really go out and pay for things yourself. Right. You know, there's right. a there's a finance, a, d a dollar and cents aspect yeah. to it. W was that how did how did you get that off the ground? Did you have to <clears throat> borrow or you? Uh, like, I, how did that work for you? Was that scary? It, it, it what that that part was actually very scary. I I did start the company uh, in debt. Um, I did start the company with very, very little funds, and uh, that was actually very scary. Um, but thank God that I have parents and friends mm -hmm. around me that, you know, said, wow, this is something really cool that we really believe in, and let us give you a hand. And it was really just a question of that first event. You know, we, we, I borrowed a little bit of money to do that first one, and then once, of course, I got paid for the event, I paid back what I had to, and, uh, uh, and then it was just a question of, of, you know, how much inventory I have and how much more I need, and that really got me started. So does that mean that you purposely now operate always from a, I guess we'll call it cash flow positive, as in you always make sure that the funds are in by the time you have to pay yeah, things out? You know, it, 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 uh, you know, it's hard to explain. I mean, we, we, we have, again, we have a, a large inventory, right? So we're always pulling out of the inventory. I, I, I bring it up uh, whenever I'm at the SAQ and I see that we're going to need a little bit, you know, more vodka, et cetera. I'll go and I'll buy it. Um, but uh, it's not really... Uh, it's not really something that uh, that it's a concern. You know what I mean? Now, if I get paid in 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, it's okay. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But we definitely always have to get paid for, for our work, right? That's for sure. But it's not something that's uh, that, that we worry about too much. We just like to get paid in ample time. And, and But we'll do the job first for sure without, without question. Are you scientific when it comes to how much do you need to keep on hand? I mean, it's certainly in those first few events you know how do you know how many how much people are going to drink <laughs> do you want to run out yeah uh i mean you don't want to run no out, you never so want to run out that's for sure so how did how you know and, and today i'm sure you have you know several years under your belt you yeah. have a great idea yeah. of what people may drink and you have as you say a huge inventory so right. you're not worried about it but in that first you know six months of doing business <laughs> yeah. how do you make sure that you're really stocked enough that was another thing that you know as you grow a business you learn of course about yourself and about how 
you know, people are going to drink, let's say, for example, in, in relation to, to the bar service. But, you know, we had one or two events where we didn't judge properly. We might have run out of vodka, etc. And it was always a question for us to just always bring excess and bring more. So if we do a party for 300 people, we'll bring enough for 600 people. I don't want to have to be running around the city looking for vodka or rum because I ran out. It's not worth it, and that's not how our reputation will grow. Our reputation has grown to where it, where it is today because we provide that that party because we'll never run out of alcohol because we're there. We, you know, we're not trying to cut the bar early and take advantage of anyone. You know, so it's is, is that common that uh, that in these events a lot of people will just run out of alcohol and. I, it's common. It happens for sure. I think, you know, it, it's, it's all an equation. You know, I always calculate it on a certain amount of drinks. Some people say to me, Bram, you're crazy. Like, why, how are you bringing so much alcohol to this event? But, you know, it's all about having a nice back bar display, making sure that you have enough on hand. What happens if you have a bunch of Grey Goose only drinkers and they don't want to drink any rum or scotch or tequila, for example? You got to make sure you have enough of that vodka. So... Um, it does happen. It does happen. I've seen fundraisers where they've run out of vodka before. And I mean, vodka is the most popular alcohol <laughs> around, right? <laughs> so it's not something that we, we take it very seriously. I, I think people think that it's very easy, but it's, it's hard to, to, to judge what people are going to drink. And if you're always prepared, you never have a problem, right? So, and, and that's just it. Being prepared, having a lot of planning, it's absolutely huge. But I know there's so many other aspects to your business, you know, certainly from a marketing and, and of course, the staff. Because if, if you can't properly staff the, an event, then, uh, then, you know, can you really offer the best service? And when we come back after the break, we'll tackle those issues. Our profile tonight is Bram Maurer of the Bram Maurer Bar Service. Today's Entrepreneur on CJAD 800 at 715. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.20 on today's Entrepreneur. Welcome back. Our guest this evening is Bram Maurer of the Bram Maurer Bar Service, and we were talking a bit of vodka during the commercial break. <laughs> and so let's continue on that, uh, on that front. When it comes to your products, obviously, um, how, do you, how do you acquire new products? How do you decide which goes behind the bar, which doesn't? And, uh, and how, how well do you have to know your brews? We, you know, at the end of the day, vodka is vodka and, and rum is rum. I mean, we try to, we, we do have two different packages. We have a basic package. We have a premium package. Uh, some people love their Grey Goose and their Belvedere and their Kettle One, and some people don't mind just drinking Sky. Um, and their scotches, of course. There's and the scotches, scotch. yeah. Once we hit our premium package, we're going into the single malt scotches, etc. I try to cater my, um, my inventory for both packages around what's popular, around what people like to drink. Of course, you know, you have different clients that would like a higher-end scotch bar or a higher-end vodka bar, and then we got to start looking at Xerox and importing different vodkas from, you know, wherever that are not available in Canada. Um, where, we really, where we really excel is when we introduce the mixology. The mixology is something we introduced this year. Uh, it's been around for probably about five years now. Um, we just partnered up with uh, Nectar and Mixology, which is a huge mixology company in the city. Uh, they usually do all the store openings, uh, all the restaurant openings, excuse me. Um, so they'll, they'll cater a menu around the theme of the restaurant, etc. cetera. Uh, what exactly is mixology? So mixology, I mean, <laughs> so many people, there's so many different de definitions of mixology, but you know, a rum and coke, is a rum and coke. You're mixing two ingredients. Mixology it's is a, a Cuba Libra. Right. <laughs> the mixology is a mixture of anywhere from, let's say, you know, five to a million different ingredients. You know what I mean? It, it's really, it's really uh, taking uh, different liqueurs and different flavors and different ingredients from all around the world and bringing them together for that one awesome cocktail. So what we love is that, you know, this year when we're 
we're, we're quoting on, on, on different weddings and corporate events, etc., is we're including the mixology in all of our packages. And what's great is that the bride and groom, we can sit down with them and say, what do you like to drink? Oh, I like gin and I like vodka and, you know, I like cranberries and I like ginger and I like this and I like that. And, you know, it could be things that are off the wall and we'll try to tie in, you know, their background, where they're from, where their family's from, etc. Let's say it's Morocco or Israel, etc. And we'll make a drink based on them or three cocktails or four cocktails based on them, based what they, on what they like. And that's something special because it's catered especially for them. They're drinks that no one's probably ever seen before. I mean, listen, things get repeated, of course, but we're catering specifically to the bride and groom. And that's something that's, you know, it's, it's, it, they love it. They feel special. We can call it whatever name they want. It could be the street that they grew up on or the street that they met on. Who knows? But that's really where we get to interact and, and take what they like and tie it into to their wedding, you know? And certainly helps with the word of mouth marketing. Right. Because marketing is a huge <laughs> aspect and people got to know that you're around. Yeah. So yeah. I think uh, marketing might be the, the next uh, thing that we talk about after the break. Sounds good. Bram Maurer joins us of the Bram Maurer Bar Service, our profile this evening on Today's Entrepreneur at 723. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 725, welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur. Our guest this evening is Bram Maurer of the Bram Maurer Bar Service. And uh, let's talk a bit about marketing. You mentioned that uh, you got a big boost after you did that, that one first event yeah. uh, for the Sarah Cook Fund. Did you literally see sort of new clients coming in that were directly uh, as a result of that? And, and sort of that's, and then the word of mouth became your principal marketing tool? Or do you yeah. have other, other, uh, other tools in your, in your kit? Well, when we, when we got, of course, the Kids for Kids, I mean, when you're serving, you know, upwards of a thousand people, uh, you know, you're, you're going to get you're going to get spoken about you're going you know the words going to start to spread um and we definitely did get direct other events from that particular event um when i first started i, I made it a point to speak with the event planners directly um, i wanted them to know that there was something new out there uh, that wasn't being done i wanted them to know that we were you know new on the market and we wanted to bring what we had to offer to them uh, the event planners are a massive, massive part of our business. You know, we do get a lot of events from them. Um, and then again, you know, like uh, like Josh said before, it's a lot of word of mouth. Uh, we, we, we try to do um, bridal shows uh, and as many fundraisers as we can because the fundraisers are great. You know, we're in there, we're, we're raising money for a great cause, whatever it may be, whether it's children or, you know, uh, uh, the McCord Museum, etc. Um, and uh, that always brings in new people. The, um, the bridal show is another aspect of, of, of our business. Uh, we do Maddie Kay's Bridal Boudoir, which is uh, once a year. It's at the Hyatt Regency. And uh, that's really, you know, the, the bread and butter. I have to tell you that the bridal shows are a great avenue to bring in new business. Um, you're really, we're showcasing the, the mixology, we're showcasing our staff, and uh, people love it. You know, they're in that mode. So The typical people that attend these shows, is it, real, is, it, is it brides? Is it more event planners that you're catering to? I mean, they have their own, potentially they have their own booths and their own. So you walk around the show and not just stay at your booth? Like, how, how active do you treat those trade shows? We, I'm at my booth the whole time, okay? It's not really a booth. It's more of just a big, large bar. bar. <laughs> but, so it sounds uh, like a terrible place to be. <laughs> But uh, I'm always at my booth. I I, lo I personally love being there to meet anyone that's picking up my business card or my flyer or has any questions. I want to be there to answer it. And I also have my you know my VP of operations that's on the other side of the bar answering anyone 
questions on that side as well. Um, yes, a lot of people from the industry do come, event planners, uh, you know, florists, photographers, you name it. And I, I know most of the people that are at the show. It's We're really there to meet the brides, the mothers of the brides, the bridesmaids. <laughs> you know? Do you scope out the competition too? Uh, well, actually, we're exclusive to that show. So there's no competition uh, at that particular show, at the Maddie K show, where we are the exclusive bar there. So... But yes, I do. I, I, I do like to know what's going on in the city. I like to know if people are starting a new you know, service that I'm not aware about, etc. Because it, it's healthy competition, right? It's, uh, we want to see what other people are doing, and we need to excel based on that as well. So. Any other forms of media that you use for marketing, whether it's social or yeah, elsewhere? Yeah, we're very, very big on the social media. I actually just recently outsourced my social media to um, a friend of mine who started her own company. Um, I believe social media is extremely, extremely important. Um, I actually... I help Facebook a lot because Facebook is what, you know, was one of the the major players in, in, in growing our business, you know. A lot of people don't use Facebook to the advantage that they should uh, to be able to post pictures and statuses and, you know, just being at different events all the time and you're constantly in people's face. It's like the second someone thinks about bar, I want them to think about me, you know what I mean? Uh, so Twitter, Instagram, Facebook for sure is massive. Uh, and then also we're advertising in Elegant Wedding Magazine, which is one of the biggest wedding magazines uh, uh, in Canada. And uh, is it worthwhile being in print? I mean, you're such a you know, it's it's the face to face, it's the feel, it's the touch, it's the talk. You what, know, what does a magazine do for you? A magazine, I, I, I hear what you're saying. A magazine is good. Um, it's a little bit of credibility as well. You know, when you're in a big magazine like that, and and people see, and you have a nice big ad, it it, it stands out. Uh, of course trying the drinks are different from seeing a picture of it but uh it, it's great because not only that but I've, I've created a great relationship with the people from elegant wedding and maria chic and uh we always support each other and you know they cover a lot of events that we do too so yes it helps but it's also more on the relationship side as well so bram Maurer of the bram Maurer bar services our profile tonight on today's entrepreneur more with him in a moment For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.36, welcome back to today's Entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Dan Delmar along with Josh Miller of Fuller Landau. And our guest tonight is Bram Auer of the Bram Auer Bar Service. Certainly very exciting business, uh, organizing uh, a lot of parties or at least helping the bar section uh, out at uh, many events. Uh, but it certainly creates a lot of challenges when it comes to uh, HR and when it comes to employees. Um, interesting, Josh, to sort of contemplate how sort of uh, wild businesses like this deal with HR. And... I mean, every business has to deal with a certain number of people, uh, some more than others. A lot of people are in the back office, but here, I mean, Bram has to hire people that has to deal directly with the customers. It's not back office. Everybody becomes the face of Bram Mauer Bar Services, mm. uh, which makes it a very important yeah. asset to have in your business. Yeah. Uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about uh, how important it is and how, how do you deal with, with your staff? Yeah, the, the, the staff is actually the most important thing uh, it's something that uh, we're very, we're very, we're very conscious of. We, 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 you know, any staff that's working behind my bar or on the floor or just hired by me for an event is an extension to my business. They're ambassadors of my brand, so they have to be 
the best employee you've ever seen, right? And and we always make sure that we hire people with a minimum of three years experience uh, in whatever field that they're going to be working in for us. Um, and you know, of course, they have to be good looking. They have to <laughs> they have to be able to to adapt to any situation. You know, we don't just want you know the girl who can shake a martini but not talk to anyone. They have to be able to adapt to a corporate event, a wedding, a private party. You know, when when you're in someone's house. You, it's a different scene than when you're doing a huge fundraiser for a thousand people, right? So, so really, you're trying to avoid the fake and try to get to the genuine, to the to the real. Yeah, we we really want someone in all aspects, right? We want <laughs> we want someone to be able to to interact with anyone. You know, when it's a corporate event and you know you have a bunch of suits in the room, you don't want someone that's going to act, you know, dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we. Does that mean the the wardrobe is also a, a, an effect, or you know, when you have an event, you have to select the wardrobe based on the event? Yes, absolutely, we do. What we do is we 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 all work through text messages. Excuse me. Um, so uh, when it comes to a corporate event, I'll tell them, you know, classy but sexy. You know what I mean? Covered shoulders. If we're in a synagogue, for example, um, you know, if it's a fundraiser where we're trying to bring in as much money as possible for the bar, then it's like a dress hot type of deal, and and you know, we're here to make money for you know, the Sour Cook Fund or whatever the case may be. So uniform definitely plays a role for sure. Now, I hear you that you want to hire them with a few years of experience, mm -hmm. but when they come in to the door and then you actually hire them, do you give them any kind of training? You say, yeah. this is how we operate. Yeah. What, what, what kind of formal steps do you take to make sure that they're doing first-rate job for you in the way you want it? Right. Well, when, when I first speak with them, I, I give them a little bit of insight to how we work and how it operates and, you know, how I, I staff them. Uh, when it comes to actual training... I have to tell you that I, I, I really haven't ventured too much into someone that doesn't have bar experience. You know, we, we boast that we have the best staff in the city because we do, and that's because they have the experience. But if we do have someone that, you know, is a go-getter and wants to learn, we will train them uh, on the spot. My other barmaids will train them as per what I like, et cetera, et cetera. So. You're dealing with a lot of alcohol, obviously. Anything can go wrong. How do you train them in terms of dealing with uh unexpected situations right we have a very big responsibility too i mean yes it's fun it's great and we're having a great time we have hot barmaids but at the end of the day we're responsible for the people that are drinking at our bar so clearly when someone's inebriated you know my barmaids are the first one to say you know no you can't have a vodka have this bottle of water first you know what i mean and because it's coming from a cute professional girl it's like you know what maybe i will have this bottle of water before <laughs> i have another and we are very responsible when it comes to that uh we you know it's just because we're not at a bar and it's not an you know a paid bar situation and there's open bar where we actually have to be more careful about how we're serving people because you know you're talking about a thousand people sometimes you can't have eyes everywhere and we want to make sure that people are being responsible too when they're leaving the event so you is there also a hierarchy there's supervision it's not just you know all the bar bartenders bartenderesses yeah. uh, you basically <laughs> have somebody watching out and scoping the room Absolutely. and making sure things are functioning. I'm pretty much on almost every event that I do. I try to make a point to be at every event that I am, uh, that, that we get hired for rather. Um, if I'm not there, I do have responsible people behind the bar or on the floor watching and making sure that, you know, no one's rude to our staff either. It comes down to that point too. When alcohol is involved, we've all seen it before. People can get unruly and people can get rude and we don't want that happening either. You know, we want to put our barmaids and our staff into a respectful environment where everyone is... <laughs> you know, treating each other properly and, and, and for the better of the event type of thing. So, 
Is there any, if you ever had a difficult situation or whether it was a, a staff member or a, a particular environment where you kind of had to really judge and change the aspect or send somebody home or bring in an extra bar because there wasn't enough space? Like, how yeah. do you, how do you <laughs> kind of deal we, with that? We, we've done a, a couple of events uh, where we were a little bit overwhelmed. Uh, and I think that's, that's not something to be embarrassed about. I think that's a challenge that it's how we grow, right? So we've been in situations where we uh, were a little understaffed uh, and lucky enough I have the best staff in the city as I mentioned before and it was really a question of one text message to three people and they were there within a half an hour they came they bailed us out they started busing and it's like you know we we take very good care of our staff we make sure that they're very happy we give them ample time to you know come and work for us we'll tell them you know sometimes two to three weeks in advance hey we have an event on so-and-so date so they can plan their life too you know we try I've been there I've been the guy getting scheduled and now I'm doing the scheduling and I and I know what it's like and uh, we try to keep that that you know that 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 respect for our staff and make sure that they're happy too it's very important otherwise they're not going to come to work and they're not going to want to be there and that's that's actually the main thing you know sometimes you go to a bar and the gentleman could be it doesn't matter what his age is but the gentleman could be you know a 55 year old guy who doesn't like his job who pre-rims his caesar glasses you see glassware all over the bar that's not what we're about the people that come and work for me and us are people that love what they do just like me and that's really the main the main focus so it's so. a it's of course a fun environment mm -hmm. but you do have the serious moments you have the discipline and if something's going wrong whatever you'll the, the goal i mean you take somebody aside and say this is really how we need to do it not not another way yeah i have a, I have a three strike rule type of thing you know i'll tell you it should be two <laughs> but i'm a little lenient but uh i have a three strike rule so i'll i'll tell somebody something once i'll tell them again the second time a little firmer if it comes to a third time I mean, if they just don't get it, they're probably not going to get called for any more work. Um, but I always give everyone the benefit of the doubt. I'm a little bit of a softy like that. So, oh, so in terms of misbehaving uh, employees, you have that under, under control. But what about misbehaving clients? Have you ever had to fire a client because they were too rowdy? Fire a client? Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> we don't fire the clients. The clients fire <laughs> us of anything, and that's never happened either. So. But have you ever had to say no to a customer? We try to say we try not to say no. We say more like no problem. <laughs> but yes, sometimes it does merit. Like we can't do everything. Right. I'm not gonna overpromise and underdeliver. I'd rather underpromise and overdeliver. Of course, you know. So go ahead. And and, and I guess uh, you know you spoke earlier. I'm kind of intrigued when entrepreneurs are working in a local environment and and they they want their name out there. You spoke as one of your first events being a fundraiser. Where does community give back enter into? your philosophy as an entrepreneur in Montreal? I think I'm, I think I'm very privileged to have my business. I think that, you know, like I said before, how I started the company when I was working, you know, when I was a little bit in debt, I think that what I've created is, is not only something that's very special in Montreal, but it's something special to me because it's, it's my baby. Right. So, um, it, it, it do, you, do you, do you make sure that you are, you know, you're in the scene, you're, you, you community give back. If somebody doesn't approach you, you'll, you'll, whether you sit on a board or whatever, you'll offer your services in some Absolutely. way, shape or form Absolutely. to make sure that there's some give back. Yeah. Back to what I was saying, like just about being privileged. I want to, I'd like to give back as much as possible. Let, let's be honest. Okay. You know, by me lowering my price significantly to do these fundraisers, to me, it's all about a marketing play because a, we're giving back. It's a great feeling. But at the same time, no, we're not making money, but we're seeing a thousand people or 600 people and someone's bound to book my services. If I get one job from that one fundraiser, it's all worth it. 
right? So, yes, it's, it's something that we take very seriously. I'll try to do as many as I can. And everybody can hear this man loves what he does. <laughs> now I think we're going to go on something everybody loves to hate a little bit. We're talking about sales tax with, uh, with my partner, Ernie Ferd, who will be back right after the break. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 749, welcome back to today's Entrepreneur, a show about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. And in studio with us, we have Bram Maurer of Bram Maurer Bar Services. And uh, Josh, let's talk some taxes. And we, I mean, yes, we, we were having too much fun. We, we were clearly having far too booze. much fun. We can still have fun. We can still have a lot of fun. Ernie but Furt. I what mean, a great segue, guys. That, I know. Sorry Thanks. to give you such a, an awful intro, Ernie Furt, a tax partner at Full Orlando. But uh, sales tax is up next, Josh. And, you know, it's, it's certainly it's, it, it really touches every single business that's out there. You can't really escape it. Not that you should. Um, but certainly we turn to Ernie and, and for him to give us a, a few thoughts on the challenges, what entrepreneurs may certainly keep at the top of their mind as far as sales taxes go. Well, a lot of it is detailed record keeping. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of clients don't necessarily keep good records. And they're very lax. They'll pay, they'll pay things by check, won't get a proper invoice. <clears throat> they'll go to a restaurant. They won't get the, they won't get the proper receipts. And the government is very stringent, and they look at these things, and they look at them from both sides, and they say, you've got to have everything, you've got to have your proper documentation, or else we're not going to allow you the credit. And also, on your invoices, you have to indicate your GST number, because if you don't indicate the GST number, that means your customer won't be able to claim his or her credit. Is there a way that you can verify that the GST QST number is valid? I mean, I don't know how many crooks are out there. There might there might be one or two in this town. Um, but is it, I mean, have you heard stories where it's not right and people should maybe verify? Yeah. Uh, generally, what I recommend to people is that they verify all new customers um, and they go onto the MRQ website and they indicate the QST number on there and there's a place on there it says the validated qst number so you can do that in addition that'll also take you to the federal website so you can validate the gst number and it'll indicate if the number is good and uh, generally what i would do is i would print that and for certain industries it's very important that even before you pay a check to somebody that you should print that thing off of the websites, both the GST website and the, uh, the Quebec website and the federal website, in order to maintain proof that you actually did something to verify that this this customer that you're paying, this supplier, is good. Now, there's, I mean, we're talking about uh, bar services and, and drinks and entertainment. Uh, are there special rules from a sales tax standpoint that revolve around this entertainment type business? And it's just like any other business for for the most part. You're going to your bill to your customer is going to have the GST and QST on it. Uh, the service charge that you have will be added to your bill, and there will be GST and QST on top of that if it's added onto the bill. And your supplier is, for the most part, pretty easy. That's the SEQ. Yeah. Uh, so they definitely charge you the taxes, <laughs> and it's definitely there. And uh, then left you have pocket, to, left pocket, right pocket, effectively. But you still got to pay it anyways, and you have to buy your. You don't necessarily have to buy your glassware, do you? No, no, it's all rented. So that's all rented, and and that's you're not responsible for the rentals, and uh, then uh, there's your people. That's it. 
but then the, the general consumer and businesses when they're actually going out to restaurants not necessarily bar service but restaurants um there there are limitations on what you can claim back right? well you can for for income tax purposes as well as gst purposes you can only claim back 50 percent of your meals and entertainment regardless of whether you take 10 people to the restaurant or not or two so you know, you have if you 50 percent add back for both gst and qst uh, there's some exceptions to those rules. If you have an office party that everybody's invited to, uh, you can claim back 100% of that. And you can do up to six parties a year. And I know that since Quebec government is uh, certainly looking for funds, uh, <laughs> they have a number of auditors on the road. So when we come back after the break, we'll talk a little bit about sales tax audits. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Remaining moments on today's Entrepreneur, our guests in studio are uh, Bram Maurer of the Bram Maurer Bar Service and Ernie Furt, tax partner at Full Landau, talking about uh, sales tax, Josh. And we wanted to broach a subject of government audits, which we all know entrepreneurs love to live and breathe and make sure the auditor doesn't stay as long as they really want to. Um, but, you know, are there certain uh, issues, challenges, or things that entrepreneurs can think of? Maybe you can give us a uh, a story that kind of depicts a government audit earning. There are many stories. Uh, some of them, are, some of the audits are long and involved. Other ones are quick. You try to give them as much information as they need in order for them to go home and and, and do what they have to do. Sometimes we get consulted where where clients will call us up and say, "Well, we're being audited, and and, and we just have been audited, and here is the the, the project of assessment." And we have three days to respond. Well, usually they give you a, they give you a couple of weeks, but uh, I really don't want to get involved at that point in time. I'm right at, right near the end, you know, eleventh hour, and generally there's a lot of that says, well, we're missing information. You don't need me to go get the information. You have to go find that information. Where you where do you need the tax professional to help you out? Is where there's bad situations, and, and that the government. You know, these days, sometimes they're being a little pushy. Uh, I would say a lot pushy. Uh, there, there are certain industries that they, they tackle and, and they, they say you're being complicit with the your suppliers. And at the end of the day, you know, are you truly being complicit with them? You're hiring them to do a job. They're a subcontractor. So the subcontractor will go and, and they'll, they'll, they'll either manufacture your clothes or they'll clean your building, they'll do all that stuff, you will pay them, and at the end of the day, the job is done, you're happy, they're registered, everything's good, but the government's looking at them, and they're saying, well, they haven't paid their, their deductions at source. Interesting. I have no way of verifying if they paid their deductions at source. Yes, but you should have known. Uh, excuse me, how should I have known? There's no way to find this out. They said, well, you're complicit with them. He said, well, they changed companies, and they're now in a different company. So, really, am I complicit? Or is the government who is giving more numbers to these uh, to these guys for a second time around? Are they being complicit? These are strange stories. I, I think what I think what we're coming across or what we see on the street is because there's so many auditors added to the road, their knowledge level of business operations and, and how things operate are so much less today than they used to be. That if you if you can't properly 
explain how your business operates they don't understand and they reach conclusions that are completely asinine mm -hmm. so those are those are things too that entrepreneurs have to look at explaining your business and trying to make sure they understand the processes hopefully that will help as well thank you very much ernie and as we approach our last uh, few moments we'll turn to bram mm -hmm. and ask bram what would be your one piece of advice to today's entrepreneur you know i, I probably said it a couple times while i was talking earlier but genuinely just love what you're doing and 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 have a passion for it you know if you're gonna wake up in the morning and you're gonna say oh i gotta go to work today it's not good love what you're doing and execute it properly and and you know you know the expression love what you do and never work a day in your life well that's that's the advice and, and i think you say it very well and it clearly comes out mm -hmm. in in the discussion that we had earlier it no longer feels like work at that point. Absolutely. It's now just kind of going out there and charging for something you love to do, yeah. just like you, Dan. You know, <laughs> exactly. you go on air, you charge for what you love to do because that's what it's all about. When I'm with you, Josh, it feels like it's not work at all. So. Uh, you know, other than other than <laughs> other than the other takeaway of make sure you surround yourselves with good-looking staff, and right. that should also make it's also things, very important. Yeah, <laughs> that, that should make you feel good too that's about right. your job. Absolutely. Uh, Bram Maurer of the Bram Maurer Bar Service, thanks for stopping by. Thank you. And uh, Ernie Furtz, thanks for tax advice as always. Thank you. And Josh, we're back uh, next week, next Monday night at 7 p.m. Absolutely. All right, more uh, Today's Entrepreneur then. The Exchange is next. It's 8 o'clock on CJAD 800.